welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast, the Kansas City Royals Podcast in association with Inside the Royals. I am Jake Milham, and joining me tonight, I have Sam Hayes of Inside the Royals. How are you doing tonight, Sam? Good. How are you? I, it's it's fantastic, even with uh, some less than fun times with this <laughs> baseball team. But you know what? It's it's what it's part of the territory, I guess. We've we've lived with it for a long amount of time. I, I know, right? You know what? This is this is not uncharted territory for the Royals fan base, unfortunately. Um, you know, we it seems like it's an annual rite of passage to have a six game losing streak. Um, so that's currently what the Royals are riding. It is tough right now to root for this team. And frankly, we're we're recording this on Wednesday night. Um, this is the first time this season I've actually kind of been glad the Royals aren't playing tonight, dude. It is mm. just need just need a break from all the negativity, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It, you know, even in good seasons, it feels like you have this type of moment. Like 2015, 2015 had even like some really low moments. Like uh, when we lost Alex Gordon for a little bit, right? In 2015, I believe oh, we had, yeah. I believe we lost Alex Gordon and then we had like a losing streak that year. I mean, yes, yeah, so e- even, even in the moments of pure bliss, the best year maybe the Rose have ever had or the best year they've had in over three decades. Uh, there they are still having their moments of, uh, of royaldom. Yes, of royaldom. There you go. You, we should probably trademark that one at this point. But hey, don't worry. Fangraph still has the Royals at a 0.3% chance to make the postseason. Ooh. So we're holding on to that. Yes, get the streamers out. <laughs> oh my gosh. I Look, man, I, I won't be putting any money on it. I'll, I'll tell you that much. But hey, look, let's let's go ahead and jump right into it. Um, like we said, the Royals currently right in that six-game losing streak. Um, they dropped the past two to the Arizona Diamondbacks to start off their road trip on a uh, on a pretty sour note. Um, our own Lucas Murphy was um, at the game on Tuesday, um, and unfortunately, the Royals could not gift him with a with a dub. So I, I feel bad for Lucas out there, but hey, you know it's it's just fun to go to a game sometimes, right, Sam? Oh yeah. Oh, it's it's. I've I've only been to like uh, a couple games in the last handful of years. I'd say, uh, like I went to one game last year with uh, some Brewers from Brewers fans who I know to okay. Royals Brewers. That was fun, and then uh, I think that was the first game I've been to since uh Royals Mets 2016 second oh, game man. of the year so it was the, it was the game the second game of the year the game after they uh put all the banner ceremony and any anything else for the championship so yeah it, a day out at the ballpark is is as good as anything there you go hey that's uh as long as you're having a good time but Sam um you know just to kind of recap this Diamonds back series it's I mean it was a couple of pretty good offensive performances to start off the games um just this I, it, it's so weird you know when the bats are hot the pitching's off when the pitching's hot the bats are off you know you can never kind of sync up the two um and you know frankly the royals had considerable leads in both games and they surrendered the leads in those games um i mean sam like if if you had to look at this team like what would you attribute that to like is it a mental thing is it a is it a game plan thing like what what do you think yeah i mean 
just just watching the guys out there, the pitching has been really bad all year long unfortunately we have we have our moments with some of the guys josh stama is super talented scott barlow has been effective for for the most part as royal and then the the top three guys as starters have had good years keller granky and and uh and singer uh but like i don't know if it's mentality if it's if it's maybe uh, Cal Eldred, I've, I've <laughs> Cal Eldred is a very popular punching bag on uh, wow. Twitter, including for a, a couple of my favorite Twitter accounts who are talking about the the Royals proletariat that must stand up against <laughs> against Cal Eldred and his uh, his tyrannical rule. But yeah, we 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 definitely uh, we definitely have some issues. We've we've swapped out hitting coach because it seems like uh they don't like the direction that's gone pitching that might need to be something to look at soon after the coaches are swapped then it's probably on the players so we got to get yeah. some uh, got to get some additions uh with that that new rich billionaire owner that we have <sighs> hopefully we don't go the the glass route of not spending much I I know, and you know what? We we could have a whole podcast just over over that conspiracy because there's a well, it's it's not even a conspiracy. There there's too many coincidences that kind of line up with this uh, with this Sherman led group that has the Royals right now in the Glass family. Um, but hey, let's let's talk about that a, <laughs> another time because I do want to point out the fact that the bats have done better since Zoomwalt took over completely um, and kind of got his feet under him in Kansas City. So that is definitely a, a positive. Um, the bats have turned it around. Um, they're kind of a little above average overall in the month of May as far as uh, the AL goes. So, hey, they, they were atrocious in April to start off the year. So I'll, I'm happy with any sort of progress in the right direction. Um, but I, I do have to say this about Cal Ed- Eldred. I think the Royals made quick moves and very sweeping moves. You know, it, it wasn't just swapping out one person for another. It was they were moving around a lot of pieces in the uh, hitting coach staff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think the Royals have made that move because I don't know if they have an in-organization replacement for Eldred right now. And I do because, I mean, frankly, the the AAA, I mean, for, I, I don't know who is coaching pitching down in Omaha. Mm-hmm. But they've been very up and down. That's just triple A ball for you, I think. Yeah. Um, no one stands out like Zoomwalt did. Um, so Sam, I I'm gonna put you on the spot and I'm gonna ask, do you think that Eldred sees the end of the season with the Royals? I'm gonna say yes, but I don't know if he deserves to. <laughs> I, I don't know if he deserves to, but I'll say yes he does. And then maybe it'll be addressed in October, November, and beyond. Yeah, maybe so. And I do, I do agree with you. I think um, the performance on the field, he doesn't deserve to see the end of the season. The fans are calling for his job. Um, it's yeah. and, right, and rightfully so, man. Yeah, look at the look at the stats. I I saw in my timeline maybe yesterday where it's talking about bullpen ERA's last, staff yep. ERA is third to last, whatever it is. The performance all around is just really poor. It is, it's surprising where we have 
some good starting pitching for maybe the first time in in several years. And we're having arguably our worst pitching season in in a long time. Exactly. And you know what? I saw that same thing came from the athletics, Alec Lewis. Uh, I mean, he posted a a full list, um, bullpen staff. It's it's ERA. It's advanced analytics. It's everything. Just this bottom five in the league across the board. Exactly. So it's I you, you can't even blame it on one player. Like you, you'll have an outlier here and there. That's fine. Every team has it, but the fact that it is every single pitcher is struggling. Like, come on, man, Eldridge's got to go, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> on on the positive, uh, you have still Andrew Benintendi and MJ Melendez yeah. and Bobby Witt Jr. and Hunter Dozier have had very fun years. I, I really enjoy seeing all those guys go to work and obviously with the hitting improving, that that's, that's a big deal. But uh, even when the hitting wasn't improving, I suppose not MJ because MJ wasn't here for a lot of that. Yeah. But, uh, I, I do I do like some of these options and the hitting is starting to finally be what I would expect it to be because I did not like I mean I expected this group to be fine especially when MJ finally got called up because MJ mm-hmm. MJ should be making Salvi DH probably and I've <laughs> right. been calling for that for a long time and I mean the year that Benintendi's had is fantastic I've I've seen some talk about trade with him but I'd like to keep him but uh yeah I mean some of the bats have been nice. There's still some guys who unfortunately uh, are having a rough one, but uh, nope. there's a certain one that we've had here for a while who uh, <laughs> will hopefully turn around also, but yeah. Well, ho- hopefully so, man. Hopefully so. And it is, I, I don't even, I've kind of punted on any sort of, competitive hopes for the Royals this year. I did hold out um, some hopes that not even like a playoff push, but just some more signs of progress. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely foresee the Royals being big sellers at the, at the deadline right now. Yeah. Especially, especially if this new ownership group is a little hesitant to spend some money. They got some big ticket guys coming up, right? We've been dealing with that for decades. Why can't we have a group who keeps guys? I know, right? <laughs> the the struggles of a small market team, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's you, you just kind of got to throw your hands up about it. But um, speaking of possible trade deadline moves. Um, JJ Piccolo joined 610's Cody and Gold uh, this morning. Um, always a, always an interesting, I kind of have them playing in the background while I'm at work sometimes. Um, and they talked to Piccolo today about Brad Keller in particular because Brad Keller, he's about to be up for his third year of arbitration and he's going to be an unrestricted free agent in 2024. And, you know, frankly, Brad hasn't had a great record this year. He's one and four, but he has been, I would call him the best starter, even over Granky so far, just by a slim margin. Agreed. Um, just because of just because of Singer having a small sample size, completely agree. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, three twenty ERA, three thirteen FIP. Um, I mean, he's putting up career numbers. He's just doing really good so far at this point in the season. But Bacola was so um, he was so wishy washy about his response. Like um, he is literally answering their question with questions. 
Um, is this the right time? Is this the right person? Do we need him long term? I mean, it's when your best pitcher is 26 years old in line for a decent payday, at least. And you're not all in on extending him. That's that's just going to reboot the rebuild, right? Mm hmm. Yeah, the, whole, the the whole point right now is that we we were already supposed to go through the rebuild and like now we we're going through the whole process we th- we hoped and thought of the of the early to mid 2010s to where we've gone through that process of the early 2010s where we're just building up farm guys and uh and hoping that we can do something in 2014 2015 which we did and yeah, if they're if they're just gonna sell now, then it's like, well, it's it's just starting to feel less like the early 2010s and more like the the 2000s, like the 90s. Mm-hmm. And and we're not here for a three decade drought again. We're here to actually you know do something maybe once a decade, once every 15 years type of deal, and not waste the prime of arguably one of the three best talents this team has ever had. Yeah, that's that's very true. And especially with this young crop of hitters that are coming up, you know, between Bobby Wood Jr., MJ Melendez, um, Nick Prado and Vinny Pasquantino, they are um, un- unrighteously still in Omaha, in my opinion. Yeah. But the pitching isn't there to match it right now as far as prospects go. So if you have a good homegrown guy you should make every move to keep him for, you know, four or five years. Maybe I'm not saying like you lock him down to a, a 10 year, nine figure deal, but I mean, come on, like four or five, four or five years, 60 million, 70 million, somewhere in there. I, I just think the, they're scared to make that commitment and they're scared to fully lean into trying to be competitive. Am I seeing this right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is completely ridiculous unless they, uh, unless they have the idea that they're going to bring in big name guys in the trade deadline. Once they're finally there, like they did in 2015 with Johnny Cueto. But like along with that, they still had guys. They, they, either signed that were smaller or, or developed. And obviously the main one on our minds, Yardano Ventura. And obviously he was developed. We, we probably, if we want to have that type of situation where we're able to bring in a Johnny Cueto through the trade deadline, when we have the bats ready and there, and then the defense and all that there, uh, we probably need a homegrown great pitcher like a Jordano Ventura. And the hope is that it would be Keller singer or someone else can, uh, get it going like Asa Lacey, which we'll see on that. But right now the guys who look like they can be the ones are Keller and now the new Mr. Changeup, uh, singer. (laughs) It's, it's, it's fascinating what a changeup can do to a guy. Yeah, it's it's amazing. He's been absolutely dealing with that in his arsenal. And I do I do have to point out, um, I have been a very big negative guy around a Jackson Coar. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh, oh. I may be more negative. Oh, boy. 
But I would feel remiss if I didn't point out that he is putting up some really good numbers right now in in Omaha in his past three starts. That's a very small sample size. Yeah, it's like the third time he's gone through this. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is. Fr- frankly, yeah. it is. But we have to have some sort of hope yeah. for some upcoming arms. Like I know mm. Carlos Hernandez is down there to try and get some of his control issues mm. down. Um, I mean, Jonathan Easley might be heading back to Omaha to get his control issues under control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. There's no, there's a specific path forward to kind of fix the lineup. There's, there's clear moves that can be made that even fans can see that should happen. Yeah. The same can't be said about the pitching staff though. Mm. Just, and you know, maybe that's even feeding to the Cal Eldred stuff even more. Because like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing to help these guys progress? What are you doing to help these guys get better and actually contribute to a competitive team? That'd be the reason why they lose, right? Hmm. Yeah, you know, it's it's with the amount of young guys they have, they they, they do need to like. It's understandable where they're going to have those type of. Uh, those hits in their progression, the, the, the highs and lows. And we saw it very much with singer and hopefully, hopefully we're done with the lows on singer and we'll just, we'll start seeing the highs. But I mean, that's also too, that's probably being too optimistic. Um, <laughs> but like also like a Grenke, I think bringing in Grenke was very impactful and I still, and it's a great move. He's been, easily one of our best pitchers yeah but yeah and and obviously a big reason why he also came in was uh or why we brought him in was to be a role model to be a guy who is there for the young guys to learn from and he's he's definitely been that and done that but uh if you just look at some of the guys who are young i mean jackson coar is at a near 20 era chris bubik <laughs> is at a 13 era yeah. Carlos hernandez is over nine like as good as having guys like keller and singer looking good now is some we do need more than just those couple guys yeah and that's you know i remember the james shields move way, way back in the day like that oh, was yeah. that was an an earth orbit moving move for the Royals to make. Yeah. Um, and you know, I have a feeling in my gut that Nick Prado is going to be the equivalent to Will Myers in any deal that the Royals make. Oh, yeah. I, I'd be interested to see it. I'll, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll look into it, but uh, look, that's, that's, we need a first base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we really do. It's, it's getting tough out here in the streets, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I've, 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 I hate batting average, but I've kind of had enough watching, uh, first baseman putting up like sub 200 batting averages, uh, this season and kind of wanting a little bit more. So I was a little, a little anecdote. So last night I was watching the game. I'm out here on the East coast. So, mm-hmm. I mean, the, I was like watching the game on the little MLB app. Mm-hmm. Um, not even trying to keep my wife asleep next to me. I was just watching the pitch charts and I think it was Carlos Santana came up bat. And I, I, you know how they have that, the graph with the strike zone mm-hmm. and where they're hot and they're cold. Yeah. 
He was cold in every single sector except for the heart of the plane. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. I, I, I've been ranching about that in private and public plenty. Like how he he absolutely rolls us in Kaufman for, for his entire career in Cleveland. And then like he's known as the Kaufman dominator, basically in Cleveland, <laughs> he destroys us there. And then we get him and two years of just like low production, nothing happening. Like, do, does he only dominate Kaufman as a, as an oppo- opponent? Not, in, he doesn't do anything when he's here. <laughs> I guess like, so. Like, he, I, like he's, he's, he's trying to become uh, a player. I I'm not happy with for, for an ex- for like Royals history, right? rather than just current day. Look, look, man, I don't think anyone is disagreeing with you, with you there at, at this point. There are very few um, redeeming qualities of Carlos Santana in 2022. But hopefully we're talking about uh, his trade or DFA here soon. So. Trade. <laughs> look, I just something, man. Anything. Yeah, no. I would love to see Nick Prado. I would love to see uh, Salvi DH. My, my my ideal lineup, it could still come at some point this year, I think. Okay. But, uh, right here. Uh, well, you have you have Bobby. You have, yeah. prob- prob- I guess, not Mondesi anymore, but you could replace him with Dozier now. You got Bobby, Dozier, uh, Nicky, Prado, Benintendi. Taylor, we got to go with that. Yeah. Um, you got to have wit still, I suppose. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, Salvi and MJ. I mean, I, that's that's a great that's a great group in terms of names. I love it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it just performs, but like, if you just add Prado into the fold, and then I mean, it just it just looks so good. But yeah, I guess it needs time. It, it, it does. And to be fair, even Bobby Wood Jr. and even MJ Melendez, they needed time. They needed, yeah. um, you know, Bobby, I would say, yeah. I mean, he really didn't get hot until like start of May. It took him a while. MJ, yeah. MJ struck hot quick, yeah, but yeah, Bob, Bobby needed a little bit of time. But yeah. MJ, now that he's established himself, it's so nice. It's so it nice having him here. It is. It really is. It, it's amazing. And I cannot wait to, I'm, so I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say this, this is another gut feeling. I'm very concerned that once he approaches that 130 at bat mark, mm. that the Royals are going to move him oh, back goodness. back to Omaha. Oh, I, I'm, it makes I'm no on. sense. It, may, it would make no sense, especially if he's playing this well. It but the, no the fact of the matter is we are dealing with, some people at some level of this organization who don't who don't like see this common like common sense i think it is mm. like there's we, we don't have any insights to the clubhouse Let, let's be real here maybe there's something going on behind the scenes but there are enough questionable decisions yeah. made by this organization that there has to be some like broken link somewhere yeah you think? Yeah, I, probably, probably. The, the, my main worry, I guess, is uh, some people are uh, thinking that, like, or people are joking on Twitter about how, oh, it, it can't wait in, in like five years when Bobby, uh, Bobby goes and signs a three hundred million dollar deal at some <laughs> other team. Like, I, I, 
that's why I wanted to sign him for like a 15 year deal start of his career. Even give it, give him the bag. I don't care. I knew it's like, it was obvious what he was going to be. And he's, he's not there yet, but he's going to be there very soon. That he is so, like, yeah, I, it, it just feels like we're going to, I don't think we're going to lose him, but man, if we lose him, it's going to be the biggest mistake this franchise has ever made. I think. Oh, for sure. For sure. Well, hey, Sam, unfortunately, our, our time is running out here. Yeah. Um, real fast, have to plug some of the work that's going on over at Inside the Royals. Um, myself, before this, uh, <laughs> the bullpen really started doing pretty bad, I started a ranking list uh, for the bullpen arms, so that'll be coming out here shortly as well. <laughs> um, our, our editor, Jordan Foote, he just put out the first uh, Royals mailbag. Um, he touches on a lot of things, trades, outfield rotation, uh, Bobby Wood Jr.'s rookie of the year chances, um, a, a lot of things in there. It's, it's a pretty good read. Um, and then Trey Donovan, I you know, Lucas is a big supporter of Hunter Dozier <clears throat> before the season, uh, and Trey Donovan kind of reevaluates Hunter Dozier's 2022 so far. So, mm-hmm. Sam, do you have anything coming out on the site soon? Uh, not really that I could think of. I haven't been in, as involved as, uh, I honestly thought I might be, but, uh, I'll, I'll see if I can, uh, some add a little bit more or at the very least be involved in this a little bit more. That'd be, that'd be cool. I, now that you mentioned Bobby rookie of the year odds, I'm trying to figure out what, what it, those actually are, because now I don't know how many rookies are like doing great. I suppose the only one I know of it's, actually played as Julio Rodriguez, but, uh, right. And I think, I think that field is pretty thin right now. Mm. So, um, so even, even with a bad start, he has a good shot. Let, yay. Let's go. Hey, so, you know what? Any wins it. that this team can have this yes. year, we'll take it. Oh yes. I, yeah. I will still take my, my rookie of the year. Gladly. <laughs> well, Hey, real fast. I told you I was going to ask you about it. Yeah. But a little bit of off the wall question. I do have to know if you had to pick your top three pies, what would it be? Okay, so I suppose uh, I, I'm not I'm not big on like the classic stuff that Ooh, uh, okay. most people go on. So like you're not gonna see like the pumpkins and apples and stuff okay. much because I, I guess I'm a bit of a, a chocolate person. <laughs> so I I came up with Oreo slash cookies and cream as All one right. option uh boston cream pie as oh, another yeah. option and mud pie there you go you know what i, hey, I think those are very good options it has been a long time since i've had a mud pie mm-hmm. oh yeah long long time well hey look i'm i'm the complete opposite man i'm all about the classics you know i mm. love me a love me an apple pie mm. um my uncle he grew like oklahoma state fair winning pecans in his backyard. So I love pecan pie growing up. Yeah. I'd be into that. Yeah. That's oh yeah. It was so mm. good. And that lemon meringue pie, man. I, I'm, I'm sounding a little old. I think I love <laughs> lemon meringue pie. Man. It's like, like d- double in the number of your age for the, for the experience and pies. Wow. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, Hey Sam, thank you so much for coming on tonight, man. Really, really appreciate getting some fresh insight into the team. Um, hopefully next time we have you on, there's some more, uh, positive positiveness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, that's, 
there's only so much you could say when uh when the games are going and the record is going down and down yep. and, and yeah you you're you're doing so much and falling so far so is, yeah so let's let's hey if you invite me on a on a five game winning streak maybe uh maybe we'll see something different <laughs> you know what sounds like a plan I'll, I'll go ahead and put it in for the calendar i'm not expecting a five game winning streak until <laughs> August, maybe? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Get, get me in, like, September, maybe. There we go. <laughs> exactly. Well, hey, where can folks find you on social media at? The main place that I'm uh, active on, even though I've been slightly less active, but I, I, I've been more active the last couple of days. Uh, Twitter, okay. at Wichita Chief Sam. Uh, hopefully everyone can spell those three words because a lot of people love to misspell Wichita on the internet. I don't get how it happens, but, uh, yeah, there's no T in it. Uh, no, there's no second T in it. So, uh, yes. which yes, Wichita chief Sam. And, uh, yeah, that's the main place to find me. I, I try to like do some other stuff. I I've tried uh, a little bit of Twitch out there sometimes. I like that, but, uh, not much to that really. So mainly just Twitter. There you go. Well, hey, th- thank you very much for that. Again, uh, you can find the podcast itself on Twitter at Royal Rundown Pod. Um, always putting out some some more content, kind of getting the talking going out there. And again, this is Jake Milham. You can find me on Twitter at jmilham. A lot of Chiefs content right now because it's a little bit more happy than Royals content. So uh, please forgive me there. Uh, but everyone, please go follow Sam on Twitter um, for the fourth time now. Thank you again for coming on, man. Thank uh, you. Well, we hope to have you on again in the future. Uh, for our listeners, thank you for listening. And until next time, go Royals! <laughs>